Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Tomorrow, Joe cuts such a good promo at the start of this week's episode of AW Dynamite. You could say in any kind of a voice. And as long as you had some amazing music behind you, it would still sound absolutely badass. Watch. I am not a prophet, but I gave you the future. I am not a seer, but I saw what the future held, and it was this championship. I am not a man who makes predictions. I am a man who keeps promises. I'm just so happy he's the champion. This was so great, and he basically told the entire locker room, I am going to destroy you. I don't think we've ever done this before. We haven't even got to the intro, but I am giving it an up. I cannot wait to see how this is going to go. He is just great. Now, I suppose, let's up those downs. We are not in Toto anymore, Kansas. The fun did continue, though, because Adam Cole then came to the ring. But before he did do that, his theme music started to play when it sort of glitched out because he's got a brand new entrance music. Because, of course, he also has some brand new friends. The internet is also melting down because we've called this the Undisputed Kingdom. This is when I do my facepalm emoji. So when we had the Undisputed Era in NXT, all everybody wanted to do was fancy but go, oh my gosh, imagine they were in AEW. Well, now they are, so you've got on your cake and you're allowed to eat it and stick it up your ass. Something more PG. They also really do look cool together and Roderick Strong started this because we're not shying away from the entertaining stuff because he went, everybody needs to listen to my friend Adam. You should keep doing that, it's funny. Cole also made a great point too because he was like, why is everybody mad at me? Have you seen what MJF has done in AEW since day one? He's made a bunch of enemies. If anything, he had it coming. Kind of true. He then drew the great line that if he is the devil, then he'll buy a first class ticket to hell. Because really, he did this for the entire locker room. And he did it for all of these fans. And one day, maybe soon, maybe in a hundred years, we're all going to get it. Maybe we will. He also said that MJF is never coming back, which means, of course, he is going to come back. When he made it clear, Adam Cole never needed Maxwell Jacob Friedman. because Maxwell Jacob Friedman needed Adam Cole. Adam also said that MJF was dead, so somebody better have rang the cops. Because even if he was exaggerating, you can't say things like that when very nicely, he laid out what his group's goals were. Because Mike Bennett and Matt Taven are already the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, Roderick Strong is going to go after Orange Cassidy's international title, whereas when the time is right, Wardlow will become the world champion when he will give that belt to Adam Cole. So I was a little bit like, yeah, good luck with that. Let me know how that goes in the world of pro wrestling. Although my favourite part is they must have surveyed the landscape and gone, let's not go after Christian Cage and his TNT title. That ain't going to end well. I also love the fact they tied this all in too because Adam Cole even said, listen, Samoa Joe, I hope that you're not the champion when the big war does come after you because you were a friend and it was great working with you. You need those little planet seeds. They white of all people that interrupted and while he was pleased that Adam Cole had got his edge back, not Adam Copeland, 
He was also, you know, kind of annoyed because who beat him up a couple of months ago was the devil and his goons. I mean, he's still happy that MGF has been taken out, but he didn't want to be involved in this mess. And then he didn't have any buddies, but now he does. So who came and joined him on the stage? It was Repo Man and Doink. Of course it wasn't, it was the gun club. This then triggered a massive brawl when the Acclaimed also ran out there, because of course they got thrown through glass by Adam Cole's idiots. And eventually everybody was separated, but as we made it clear on commentary, wait a minute, Bullet Club Gold and the Acclaimed are working together? Well, now I've seen everything. This is mostly because the enemy of my enemy is also my enemy, something like that, but look what we're doing here. You may be able to come up with a story where Billy Gunn reunites with his kids all cry into our frosties. Adam Cole is just the best bad guy too because he instantly ran behind the doctors going, I'm not cleared. Everybody stay away from me. And it basically finished with you looking at me and me looking at you because it's super serious. I really did think this was pretty good though and it gives AEW an awesome focus and I just love gang warfare. People go, oh, there's too many groups in wrestling. Well, there was 20 years where we got no stables so now you've got to make up for it. Totally getting it up. We're gonna have this video package with Daniel Garcia because he is gonna be facing Swerve Strickland later. And man, we did a really good job with this. When it was done, looked off into the distance and thought to myself, this is the most important thing I'll ever be involved with. And all I was doing was watching. It also meant we went right into Orange Cassidy versus Dante Martin for the international title. I just tell you this, it kicked ass too. Cassidy knew the deal as well, which was I cannot let Dante go up into the skies because he's too good in the air, so I'll ground him. But it meant that he'd forgotten about Martin's speed. So eventually, he hit his go button. My word, he went at 100 miles an hour. It meant that Orange had to bail, but that kind of worked, because he was able to hit Dante with a dive and just throw him into Barry Barricade. But then when he went for a suplex, Martin reversed that, and he hit a suplex of his own. I mean, you would do that. Dante then started doing tope, springboards, and who knows what else. But as all wrestlers, he had to go for one too many, which when Orange was like, didn't Jake Roberts say this was a good move? And he was right, and he smashed him with a DDT. One, two, ooh. Martin just wouldn't stop, though, so he got out of the way of an Orange punch in a beach break where he slammed a piece of fruit with a massive knee for his own one, two, ooh. But when he finally went to the top of Tear the Turnbuckle, this Cassidy is a smart non-human, whatever you want to call him, because he kept rolling around. And if you keep rolling around, you can't get splashed. It was actually a success too, because Orange was then able to get out of the way of the drop kick when he hit the orange punch and he got the one, two, three. And we keep going on about AEW should have more of a sports presentation. Well, that's what this was. It was just two competitors trying to win. And then Orange was the one that did win, giving it up. It turned out we were pulling out all the stops to kick off the new year as well. Because even though all the good guys shook hands afterwards, because they are baby faces, all of a sudden, here was Mark Quinn, he was back. Here was Isaiah Cassidy. I was like, oh my gosh, it's private party. They made sure to say that the tag team division needs to kick up the ass as they talked about the Young Bucks, the Hardys, and FTR. And this is the best way to inject some momentum back into that thing. Like, it's not bad, but has it been better? Yes, so take private party and get them back involved. Feels like a really good mission statement to me, and it got me excited when we cut to the back. Ready Paquette was there with Time and Tony Storm and Luther. That's very, very exciting. Storm was instantly put off by the fact that Renee's perfume was way too strong. And she was a sad panda. She thought they were going to New York, but now they're in stupid New Jersey. And nobody wants to be in New Jersey. It does mean that she's going to go to Broadway instead when Paquette was like, wait a minute, I thought you were here to see Mariah's main match. When Storm just went, nah, I don't watch wrestling. <laughs> this character is the best. So of course it means we can tie into that feud when she told Luther to pick her up. And as they did go away, she kicked off her shoes. Even though it is 2024, I just crossed my arms and I thought to myself, this is one of the best gimmick changes ever. I still
still totally love it. House of Black then did a spooky video because they are taking on FTR at Collision this week, which is going to be amazing. Although, once again, somebody absolutely needs to ring the cops. Because Buddy Matthews burned a picture of Dax Harwood and his family when he said, soon you're going to have to join a family that actually cares about you. I'm like, <laughs> that is utterly flubbed up. So at the very least, you wish to be brought into questioning when we were back with Rennie Paquette, who had her working shoes on. She was talking to Swerve Strickland. Prince Lana was also there and he admitted that Daniel Garcia is a worthy adversary. The problem being, he is about to get in the ring with the bosses of all the bosses. I was like, man, you've got to keep that line. Swerve also made it clear that he knows the reason this match is happening, because in 2024, Garcia wants what he got in 2023, although that he still wants in 2024 or something, which is a world championship match. Strickland also admitted that he was excited about going after MGF, but given that his body didn't hold up, he'll just happen to settle for Samoa Joe. After the dance of joy. Do you know how much I want to see Swerve Strickland versus Samoa Joe? It's like right up there on the Miller Excitement scale, which out of context sounds absolutely terrible. Well, we had another debut, or technically two. Because Mariah May was having her first in-ring match on AEW, and she was taken on Queen Aminata. These two are really good. May start with Chops 2, which I'm going to say is the official move of 2024. Sorry, Dives, you have to move to one side. When she did this head scissors thing, it was all tilt-a-whirly. The Queen had a plan as well, though, which was to punch Mariah right in the face. And as soon as she saw her back, she had a great idea. Whammo. Just booted her right in the spine. Aminata also got this big knee when she decided, I'm going to hit you with one elbow in the corner, I'm going to hit you with two elbows in the corner. But once again, wrestlers need to stop doing this. Because she went for so many, Mariah May's brain went, well, I just think if we kind of go at her, we'll probably be okay. She did do that. Took her out with a sling blade. It also allowed her to hit a sit-out fireman's carry, which she calls the May Day, to get the one, two, three. It was quite good as well. She celebrated like she just won the lottery. We went right into our first proper feud as well, as Renee was then interviewing May. She was over the moon that she had been victorious, but also absolutely disgusted that she had to do it in flipping New Jersey. From nowhere, though, some brand new music started to play, and everybody was looking around, and that's right. Here was the other debut, because who was signed with All Elite Wrestling? none other than Diona Perazzo. I think this is such a good sign, though, because Diona is really good, and she informed Mariah May, uh, you know I'm from New Jersey, so you better shut up, and also you tell Tony Storm I'm coming for her. And May was like, I'm not going to tell her that. Do it yourself, bitch. I shouldn't have said that, now it's serious. I was right as well, because they started slapping each other in the face when Perazzo got rid of Mariah May, so I tell you. The match before was good, this is a good program, and all of it is just coming together nicely. You can put it in a wonderful package what that means it's absolutely getting it out a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. So I thought this did pose a very exciting pathway for the women's division. Speaking about exciting people, here came Christian Kane. Dana Wayne, Nick Wayne and Killswitch were here too. Tony Schiavone was like, hey Christian, why don't we talk about the pay-per-view where you lost your TNT title and then won it back two minutes later. That did happen. Shayna jumped in and told him to shut up because we should all get on our feet for the greatest TNT champion ever. And she was very convincing because I did do this. When Christian was like, let's not forget, I have now held this championship for 200 days. When Shivani was like, uh, actually, no, the dinosaur behind you held it for a little bit too. <laughs> Christian was like, shut up or I'll kill you. Cage also thanked Shayna for being the vision because a mother's work is never done when he thanked Nick Cage for all of his sacrifices because he did get set on fire when he wanted to give the biggest appreciation to the person who made this all possible. And of course, you were meant to think he was going to say kill switch, but instead he went me. <laughs> what an egotistical maniac. Killswitch reacted to that too, like he'd just been reminded his entire species got wiped out by an asteroid. When Christian was like, oh yeah, Adam Copeland, let's not forget either, I am now 2-0 over you, so you go to the back of the damn line. He also promised this is just the start, because the crowd kept going Luchasaurus. He had a meltdown in the ring. He's like, damn it, that's not his name, it's Killswitch. Christian also promised to hold on to this title until he's ready to pass it down to Nick Wayne. He's just the best worst person. And talking about characters, this one is right up there. He really does never miss either, and now I get excited about seeing his segments, as do the live crowd. They were secretly cheering here. I am going to give it an up. I'm sure we will work Adam Copeland back into this, but because I'm stupid, I don't know how. But Ava Kate was then backstage with Harley Cameron. Because of what happened last week with the knife, I was a little bit terrified. Soraya and Ruby Soho were there too as we doubled down on this idea because Soraya was telling Ruby, look, she's here to help you and let's face it, she did allow you to win a match next week so maybe we should be her pal. Cameron then dropped in that she's willing to do anything which got the eyes and after Ruby had walked off, there was just a line by Soraya that kind of made you go, wait a minute, I think you're about to screw Ruby Soho over. Right, right. Either that or they're all worried about being stabbed which was a genuine concern. And while all of this is two plus two equals potato, it makes no sense. I actually think all three are playing their roles very well. I found this very entertaining. I look forward to see what we do next. And speaking of potential death as well, it was then Takeshita versus Darby Allen. Listen to Uncle Simon, should have said that. You need to go and see it. Don Callis was on commentary too, because quite clearly he wanted to see a murder. And yeah, in the early going, Takeshita grabbed Darby and threw him around like a child. I mean, he was being ragdolled. We then got to this crazy German suplex bit when Darby landed right on his face. But when he went for that dive, Takeshita kneed him right in his skull. And I'm sorry, if his facial features had fallen off, I wouldn't have been surprised. And of course, I would have gone on the phone to John Travolta and I would have told him. As they were on the outside too, Takeshita decided on the aisleway to do a rolling German suplex and Alan's body just crushed into the floor. 
I didn't know what to do at this stage. I mean, I genuinely couldn't believe it. They then went to the top rope and somehow Darby was able to reverse that into this amazing over-the-top stunner when he hit that dive. I tell you, why is anybody else doing dives? The hang time he got was amazing and he absolutely murked Takesh to bed. He then went for a code red but somehow Takesh to turn that into a scrunchie and got the one-two-oo. And that's when I was rocking and rolling. This was damn good pro wrestling. Thankfully, Barry Barricade was on Darby's side, though, because when Takesh went to knee him again, Alan got out of the way. Oh my gosh, Takesh's bone went right into this thing. And if Barry wasn't dead already, well, now he most certainly would be. Darby then decided, well, I may as well go to the top rope and hit a coffin drop to the outside. This was flubbing brilliant. Somebody then must have got the green light from Germany because we were getting all the suplexes when Darby went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, and he got a fantastic one to ooh. And given that I didn't know who was going to win, I totally bought it. Cha-ching. By this point, Darby Allen was basically begging for more. So when they did this crazy suplex from the top rope, Allen was kind of standing there to catch the hit him with his power knee, and he pinned him for the one, two, three. And as always, that rhymed, so they must have done something right. As ever though, it just goes to show that sometimes wins and losses don't matter. I was just in awe of both of these guys. And also again, given that it is a brand new year, we have got to push the Kester to the moon. I mean, this dude is really, really good. It is getting an up. Rennie also chatted to the Don Callis family after this when Don did have a big idea. He doesn't like the fact that Sting is 25 and 0, so before he does retire, he is pitching a tag team match for next week. So it is going to be Sting and Darby Allen taking on Takestra Powerhouse Will Hobbs. And given what we just saw, well now I have no idea what's going to happen, nobody in the Callis family should be getting pinned. Well, we started to get the Continental title going, or the Triple Crown, or the winner of the Continental Classic, or Eddie Kingston's belt, whatever you want to call it. It was also Brian Cage versus Brian Keith versus Vikingo versus Trent. This was like playing Streets of Rage. You had to pick your character, and each one had pros and cons. Kingston was on commentary too when Cage started by powering up, when Vikingo was like, Haha, I'm the most agile guy ever, when Keith was also like, well, I can just punch you in the face. I'm like, there you go, see. Keith was also able to boot Trent to the outside so he couldn't do anything, when Vikingo just hit this crazy moonsault. I watched it twice because I am a weird guy. I don't know how he stays up there that long. Cage was then throwing people around when Trent finally was able to do some dives because, again, he would had nothing by this point. When we saw Danhausen hanging out in the crowd. He seemed to be having a good time, but he was also casting distraction. It kind of feels like he may be about to fall out with Trent, but I hope I'm wrong. Of course, it meant that Cage was able to take advantage when he did a suplex onto the floor, because why wouldn't we do that? When Vikingo went totally crazy and Keith started doing some headbutts. Do you know what I thought at this juncture? I went, <laughs> there's two Bryans in this match. I'm an absolute loser. Trent then escalated things with another German suplex. Wie hat er das gemacht? And just when it looked like he was going to win, Vikingo broke it up with a 450. I tell you, this was too much fun. That's right, too much fun. Everybody calm it down. It really annoyed Big Brian, so he went crazy with F5s and all the power bombs for a one-two. When Danhausen just decided, yeah, I'm going to get in the ring, I'm going to curse you. And I was laughing because wrestling is the best. It kind of worked too, though, because even though Cage was going to beat him up, all of a sudden Vikingo took him out with a dive. And just when Keith was going to go for the Tiger Driver, Trent reversed that into the scrunchie and he got the one, two, three. So there you go. This week on Collision it is Trent versus Eddie Kingston. I have zero problems with that. I like the fact we're making the Continental title a thing. Up. Mabinard was then about to do an interview backstage with Rene Paquette when from nowhere, Hangman Adam Page walked in. He was really, really mad. He's also grown his beard out, so he looks like a wonderful loon. And he just wanted to kick somebody's ass. He doesn't care if it's Samoa Joe. He doesn't care if it's Adam Cole. 
when he just walked off again. I was like, Adam, what are you doing? So let's not forget that the Hangman character art has been so good. And it went straight into our main event. It was Swerve Strickland versus Danny Garcia. And once again, this was just an absolutely terrific match. There's also basically two up-and-comers headlining the first show of 2024. And if that isn't a wink, wink, nudge, nudge as to what we're going to expect, well, then we've done something wrong. They also wrestled at first because they are wrestlers when Nana kind of distracted Daniel Garcia. But you know what happened then? <laughs> we got a dance battle. I don't care, man. Give me this at WrestleMania. It was actually a really good plan because Strickland took advantage of this and he DDT'd Garcia right into the ring apron. I'm not going to believe this. I went to talk to some people. It's the hardest part of the ring. Strickland was then kicking this guy's ass until he hit the D-pad and he was mocking Danny's dance. And he shouldn't have done that because I think Garcia was offended. He got back to his feet and he hit this psycho suplex for a one-two-oo. Once again, I assumed that Swerve Strickland was going to win. But was I 100%? Oh. Strickland then murdered him with a DDT because he's well into that when he went to the commentary desk and yelled at Matt Menard, who was on the announce booth, when Danny Garcia stuck up behind him and basically smashed him into it for a while. We also got back in the ring when we got a massive knee, a massive flatliner as Swerve hit the house call and once again we got a one-two-oo. I didn't know what we were going to do. You then knew that Daniel was definitely going to lose though because Swerve hit the flipping Swerve stomp and Danny Boy kicked out. You should have seen Strickland's face here. It was like somebody told him that Gears of War isn't a good game. He couldn't believe it. He was so shocked too, he forgot what Dan was doing, who did go for the most devastating with all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. My word, that was so damn close. And as soon as Swerve did strike out, he hit the JML driver and he got the one, two, three. I tell you, this was a proper sick one as well. Looked horrible. It really did rule though, as did the aftermath too. Because just when it looked like Strickland and Danny were going to shake hands. Prince Nana snuck up behind Garcia, and of course he booted him right in the balls. Menard tried to help as well, but he also got whacked in the penis. I don't mean this in too much of a hyperbolic way, but Swerve and Nana are kind of becoming like Stone Cold Steve Austin circa 97, 98, in the sense they can do terrible, terrible things, but they're so damn cool you don't care. It got even better though, because Adam Page's music hit and he stormed to the ring, and these two looked at each other, but because they have hate, they got into a massive fight given that we did just mention the rattlesnake. If you want to turn these two into Stone Cold and The Rock, I think you can. They have amazing chemistry. Officials had to go out there to try and separate them, which they did do. I think it was just the best end to Dynamite because it left me going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are we going to get to the pay-per-view and do Samoa Joe versus Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland for the World Championship? Because I didn't know I needed this, but now I absolutely do. And why not too? It is a brand new year. Let's just go crazy. Talk about coming out of the gate swinging. Get it up. So this really was a fantastic show and overall it is going to get an up. It really did feel like AEW has a renewed purpose moving into 2024. It makes me warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. Now of course please do click the video on the screen which is ups and downs for NXT to support the show and all of professional wrestling. Like the video, share the video and subscribe. Get in those comments and tell me what you thought about Dynamite and how wrong I am. This happens every week so you may as well tell me. Otherwise have a great old day my friends. See you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 